find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 happy Valentine's Day, BTB Army. Yo, my voice is a little fucked up, but it's all good. Today is love day. So we are going to spread some love. It is the BTB way. You know what I'm saying? It's Monday, but it's Valentine's Day, y'all. This is the world famous Behind the Baller podcast coming to you live in 8K high doge finishing sound. As you know, this is a Dust Brothers production, which means only professional podcasting happens here. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, aka the Korean John Cusack, aka the Korean Liam Neeson, and aka the Washed Lord. Now, some of you know me as the Forrest Gump Hip Hop, some of you know me as the Korean Crazy Bear, but if you ever see me on the streets, just call me Gochu Boy. <laughs> If you know anybody Korean, you ask them what the fuck that means, and that, that shit is real sus, but it's funny. Um, man, guys, what's good? I've had a a real weird weekend, um, sort of anticlimactic. I don't know, man. You know, I've always just rolled with the punches, you know, ebbs and flows, y'all. And um, sometimes this game called life is so facile, right? And then the other times. It's an enigma. And I've always told you guys, I've always said, turn tragedy into triumph. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay. But with the updates I just got from Instagram, like I'm definitely feeling, I definitely experienced feelings of lassitude. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I know at times I can have a reputation of being a surly man, but at the end of the day, always know that I'm a family man first. I never ever did it for the gram. I always did it for motivational purposes only. All right. And no matter where I am in the world, no matter what my net worth is, no matter what's going on, if you ever see me outside, you could just pull up on me and say, What's up? Okay. As long as I'm not eating with my kids, yo, come to me, you know. Give me a pound, whatever. I will always reciprocate love, period. Now, speaking of my Instagram situation, it's literally become a nebulous matter in why I was suspended, like specifically, okay? Now, it was 100% due to cannabis, but the charges against me are wrong, right? Now, they're saying that I was attempting to gift or sell cannabis. I'm saying, bruh, the fuck is you talking about? In actuality, I was giving away some baseball cards, a gold toaster, and some cash. And I got a couple hundred people that witnessed it, all right? You know, there's nobody that would just make that up. Never weed. Never am I giving weed away. If anyone at Facebook understood how the cannabis business worked, they would know you just don't give weed away. And it's just different. If you are compliant, 
and you follow the rules and you're involved in metrics, you're not giving away. You've paid for that weed. So it's just really not likely. It's just stupid. I was simply promoting my lifestyle products, BBDTS, right? Which you can find at benballershop.com because people keep asking me, where the fuck do I get that Korean John Cusack tea and this is not your practice life and all that. And I've actually just realized I never told anybody and I was going to wait till I got my Instagram back, but that might not happen. So if you go to benballershop.com, you'll see all the fly merch. It's ready to go, ready to ship and all that shit. Okay. I never even provided a link or a URL address in my post. Just the algorithm picked it up, thought that I was giving away weed or some shit. I just legit told people to pull up to Burners and Merced on January 15th. And one of the posts I made became a last straw. And um, like, to be honest, I have never violated any of Facebook's terms or rules, regulations. Now, what bothers me the most about this situation is that it hurts people that I help out financially. You know, the people I employ. I've given two of my personal employees a pretty decent raise. Now, to other people, probably like, oh shit, that's a lot of money for someone who just, you know, keeps the house tidy. Yeah. I pay them way better than they would get paid at a fucking, you know, a restaurant, whatever. And also, I help my family out a lot more. That is not just, you know, indirectly, whether it be through my wife, whether it be through my, you know, just, but everyone, everyone is getting a lot of help much more recently. I've been much more generous due to being able to monetize off of ads on my Instagram and having these partnerships, you know? So I'm hoping through good faith, you know, that there are other ways to pivot with it, but you know, I have lost money. I haven't figured out exactly what to do with the raises that I've given because they're big and then they're based on, on what was going on. And, and this is like a super unforeseen situation because I, again, I've lost a significant amount of money. I've lost what some people don't make in two years in just this past month already. Okay. B but I realized, okay, check this out. There are some sick fucking people out there who hate me. But deep down inside, they're really obsessed with me in some queer way. Like, they really think that, you know, reporting my page is going to stop me. <laughs> Look, man, technically I could retire tomorrow and just be a full-time dad, right? Maybe podcast once a month, sell my businesses that I own, and keep like my low risk real estate investments and just like really just chill and sit back, be washed more than ever. And you know what? That sounds like a dream, but it sounds like a dream when I'm 55, you know, 53 at earliest if some other shit happens, right? And then I just basically be golfing all the time and, you know, maybe take uh, some aggressive uh, track lessons and shit like that. But, you know, I'm almost there. I'm not ready for that. I do thank God that there are loyal BTB Army members who have helped me in random situations and specifically in this Instagram case now, right? And I assure you, 
The payback will come back to them tenfold. Now, I have never dealt with this type of blowback from such a minor thing, whether it be a top issue with Facebook, which I understand, let it be a top issue in Tennessee. Let it be a top issue somewhere else, not in a compliant state. I understand the federal laws. I'm just saying. I am a fully compliant business owner in a legal recreational state. I was not selling weed to anybody on my Instagram. Never. Also, public service announcement. Bringing up age in in any capacity, social media, in life, being around somebody, it's a really lame trait. It's the lamest thing you could do, okay? I embrace my age to the fullest. I've always been very transparent and proud to tell anybody how old I am. Whether I was the youngest in the room or the oldest when it came to dating, if I was like, you know, 10 or 12 years older than a girl, whatever, look at What's funny is when goofy fucks say, oh man, you know, this 49-year-old dude just tweeted that. This old man just did that? Because, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Measure a man by his accomplishments, okay? Measure a man by his accolades, and if you don't have any worth mentioning, you got no accolades, you got no real accomplishments, then shut the fuck up, especially when grown folks are talking. You know, sometimes I hear some little, you know, youngins, whatever, got kids that sit there and be like, and I hear him say like, yo, I take care of my kids. Really? You're supposed to take care of your kids, you fucking idiot. Your kids didn't ask to be in this world. You brought them in. You don't get no fucking credit for doing some shit you're supposed to do. You're supposed to wipe your ass after you take a shit. You want you want like people to give you props for that? Anyways. Oh my God. I guess we started the show. I mean, this is just free game and everything. But look, as you know, most of you probably know, Kanye went nuclear mental breakdown like... On his Instagram this weekend. And he attacked a good mutual friend of mine. Obviously Kid Cudi, right? Now him and Cudi are close homies. Known each other for a long time. They got a crazy relationship, you know? But but as of lately, I'm not going to get into specifics. Cudi ain't really been fucking with him, right? So I know for a fact in the last three years, like I'm probably the closer homie to Scott than Ye is. This ain't some shit to brag about. This ain't some shit to flex about. I'm just breaking down the truth, okay? There's it's just a, such a different friendship that we have because where I am in my life, the discussions that we have, the substance of the talks that we have, and mostly because where I am currently as a father and a husband, and it's something he's always told me. He's like, yo, bro, I would love to have that life. You know, it's just not there for me. And I'm like, bro, it'll come. When it comes. But also the fact that we're both Aquarius is, you know, born a few days apart. So, you know, our moons and be like, oh, the astrological shit, it's deeper than that. I ain't talking about some American shit. 
I'm talking about if you look at it on an Eastern level, like an Asian level, how deep the moons, the signs, it's real similar. Now, I've also brought, without any influence, no push or nothing, I brought a new business manager to Cuddy's life. And Cuddy's like, yo, this dude's changed my life. He changed my life too. So I'm like, yeah, man, you see a big difference? All right, cool. I'm happy. We don't talk about Cuds, business, nothing, right? My business manager, Suleiman, is actually super hyped that, you know, I brought Cuddy to him. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, I talked to Scott after all the bullshit, and it's all fucked up. And, like, Scott just got back from Paris. He was working on his new shit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, um, I don't want to get specific because, you know, he, he's weird about, like, leaking information. I'm just talking about the situation. Bottom line, Scott really stays out of folks' business, okay? And he told me, he's like, yo, I've actually never been on your side of the fence. Meaning, like, me defending him and in that situation where, like, you know, yeah, ain't say shit about me, but I'm going to defend him. But he said, like, Ben, because, you know, he FaceTimed me. We were talking, had a deep talk. He's like... Had this been me in your shoes, I would have said the same thing. And what's really funny was I knew Kanye was going to see my tweets because he stays on social. And lately, like, he's just on his phone like crazy, right? And um, my homie, uh, Scott Venner, he hit me up and he's like, yo, crack some jokes. You know what I'm saying? We had some inside shit that we always talk about. But because the fact that Scott has a show with Pharrell, right? And uh, him and Pharrell close. And Pharrell and Kanye are close. He's like, yo, man, you know, I can't say what I want to. You know what I'm saying? And, and Scott, for the most part, is not going to hold his tongue. Now, sorry, there's two Scots here. I'm talking about Scott Venner right now. Not, you know, Scott, Kid Cudi Scott. So he's like, I'm just going to live through your tweets right now. So, of course, not even 30 minutes later, I see a 424 area code call me. I don't pick up. Text message comes in, and I'm like, oh, this fool didn't change his number again. Or maybe hit me from a trap line. I don't know. And I'm like, who's this? And of course, like he's said to me since any time he's had a new phone or anything, it's just how he is. He goes, this is Ye. Well, most of the time he would say, this is Kanye West, right? Like in 2002, Kanye literally called my phone because we were at undefeated like earlier. And he called my phone. He's like, uh, hello, who is this? Yeah, uh, this is Kanye West. Uh, who is this? And I'm like, fool, you call me. Like, what's good? Now, the thing is, me and Ye were never really close. When I say really close, like, I wasn't invited to his wedding. I didn't invite him to mine. We were always real cool. Super mutual, you know, homies in between, whatever. That was it. Cool enough to pull up to the crib and kick it. Put up the studio, jump in a whip, whatever, give us some advice about cars, whatever. You know, we'd sit down, chop it up. You know, went and got a tattoo from Cartoon. We talked about shit. Whether it be breaking down, you know, fucking food or, you know, talking about Christian Hasoy skate high vans or Supreme Blazers or even the shit when we talked about with Jonas, like he was deep into Akira and like I knew about Akira shit and like Jonas was a big fan of Akira. And like, uh, he was like super obsessed with porcelain type jewelry, something he wanted me to make when I was, uh, you know, the jeweler for, um, for pastel, his line. But this time I'm like, yo, it was good. Right. He's like, yo, this is yay. 
I'm like, what's good? And he's like, you ain't have that type of energy when I seen you the other night. And I said, yay, where are you at? Like right now. I will pull up on you wherever you are. And I wrote, all my kids, I don't give a fuck who you got around. Give me your location. So I was ready to go and slap dude and hopefully maybe get some sense out of dog or have a real conversation with him. I don't give a fuck who the fuck he was with. So, you know, I'm leaving my store hoping he didn't hit me with the location. And my wife is hitting me like, yo, is everything okay? Because she knows like I was, I was off when I left the house. And um, I decided to call Dennis, right? Dennis is Cuddy's manager. And he's like, yo, Ben, look, delete your tweets, dog. You know, and I'm pretty sure they didn't even want Scott to reply to him, whatever. I thought it was funny. I want Scott to keep going, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm petty as a motherfucker. But, you know, Dennis is like, yo, you should delete your tweets, dog. Just ignore dude. You know what I'm saying? He's probably going through something. You can't react to yay like this, dog. You know, something's obviously up. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, let me see what's up, man. So I see not that long later, he took down the post about Scott where he's talking about, you know, he ain't fucking, Scott ain't going to be on Donda, yada, yada, yada. So I deleted my shit. Now, goofy dumb fucks on Twitter who've never been around anybody important in life always kill me with that. Oh, Ben, you corny. Why are you putting yourself in a situation? Shut the fuck up. You wish... You had homies or friendships or networks like me. If you would have been in a situation, you motherfuckers would have done 10 times worse, right? Now, what's funny is ASAP Addy, ASAP Ant, was like, Ben, really, dog? You said this shit on Twitter? Come on, dog. Like, you could have said this shit in public. Kanye's old DJ was liking my tweets and like other people. They saw it. It's all good. Gang of people saw it, right? But most of these civilians, they got no idea. And there are so few people I would even speak up for or defend publicly, and Cuddy is one of those people. Anyways, Ye never replied with the location, and later, he just kept posting silly, stupid-ass shit where it's like, dog, you know, like, I could say grow up. I ain't talking about nobody's age. You know, it's just like, dog, you bigger than this. Now, what's crazy is, I ain't even a fan of Pete Davidson at all whatsoever. Don't really rock with dude like that. But I know that's Cuddy's band, right? They've been friends way before me. They've been tight. I don't care what dude does. I don't know about, I don't give a shit. I'm sure he's got to be an okay guy if Cuddy fuck with him that heavy, right? And as long as he ain't like doing no, like some date rape or underage kid type shit or anything real sus, like that shit got nothing to do with me. I don't give a fuck. And I'm as confused as you are with the Kim K situation. But again, that's their business, right? I fuck with me and Kim are just back. We finally were good. About to hit her about some bullshit, right? My deleted tweets were real for the most part, okay? Yay, been asking me to make a dove piece. And I kept giving them half-assed excuses. I never said, you know, never, bitch. I ain't going to make one. I, didn't say, I said it in my tweet. And that's how I felt. So whatever he saw, it, he saw it. That's how he, now he knows. I said, you smell like pussy in my tweet. I didn't say it to a person. I ain't scared 
to tell that little fucking five foot eight, five foot nine dude, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfucker, I'm not scared of Kanye, you know? Anyways, I didn't need to say this shit in person. He saw it. It's all good. But anyways, man, dude really got some big issues. And it's sad because, like, his kids are my kids' age. So they know what time it is. They're coherent. They know the shit. And what's fucked up is Kanye's kids' friends, right, like North, Chicago, whatever, Saint, their friends' parents, they've seen all this shit. It is over, it's all over everywhere. You think they want their kids around this dude acting this fucking mentally fucking ill? Look, man, it's so crazy how this is tied in. All right. I remember a few years ago when I was defending Rob Kardashian, when he was going to war with Black China, I, I said what I had to say, right? Kim was like, you know what's crazy? Kim told Rob, she's like, Ben was the only person out of your friends that stood up for you. You know, and I had a big platform, of course, you know, whatever. And I said what I said. And and um, I made the news, right? Because I went at her attorney, Lisa Bloom, all that bullshit. And I remember dropping off my kids, London and Ryder, to school. And the principal of the school said, hey, Ben, um, I saw you on Yahoo. You know, your name was in the news. And I go lie to you. I was low-key embarrassed. For them, for me. So I knew from that point, I was like, you know what? I really got to word my shit differently. Doesn't mean I can't defend Rob. It just was saying, I got to really word my shit differently. Anyways, congrats to the Los Angeles Rams. This whole week has been NFL shit. It's crazy. Um, This win, this championship win will now bring more LA-born fans to their fandom. And look, Legendary Rams running back, Eric Dickerson, he said this. No joke, he said this. L.A. is not a Rams town. It's not the same. Rams fans don't run this town. L.A. is still a Raiders town. And all I got to say is that's facts. If you live here and want to jump on this Rams bandwagon, it ain't even really, it's not really a bandwagon. You know, even though I'd never... Jump, I'm not, I got no interest. I don't fuck with the Rams at all. But because LA didn't have a team for 25 plus years, by default, it's understandable. Now, this is where we need to talk about this, right? The definition of a bandwagon fan is a guy who runs on a team he didn't root for prior to their championship. And when they just won the championship, he's all fucking rah-rah about them right? He was rooting for another team and then boom, this motherfucker might even jump from team to team that wins every a different squad every year if they, if they win without any loyalty. Now, unless you are a stupid, dumb, imbecile, sperm-drinking son of a bitch, never will a person who decide to rock with a team in a city he moved to started a business there while that team was in a losing season and then later won a championship, okay, would that ever be considered bandwagon? Even if you previously 
heavily ran with another squad, but gave up and denounced that fandom? You don't die with that team if their owner and leader represents shit that you want no parts of. For instance, like that piece of shit Al Davis, rest in piss. I wouldn't care if the Raiders won 100 games in 10 years. I wasn't fucking with them. Now, calling someone who did that or did what I did is not bandwagon. It's mind-fucking-blowing to me, right? That the Seahawks were 7-9. and nine. You know, pre-Russ Wilson. You know, I'm 12 fucking years with the Seahawks now. It's like, dog, it ain't no bandwagon. Calling me bandwagon is like me calling you a rapist for having sex with your ex-girlfriend. You know what it is? It's like saying one plus one equals two and then saying, oh, guess what? What this guy did, I'm going to compare it to one plus two equals two. No, dummy. No. You know, I hate guys who, like, have moved to L.A. from, like, Atlanta or some shit. And then just because the Rams are here and now this is their home, they go to the Rams games wearing Rams gear, repping it, whatever. But if the Falcons win, they go out and rep the Falcons. Like, nah, dog, that ain't it, okay? Once you give up a fandom, you don't go back. In general terms, like, you can rep two teams in your lifetime. Sometimes on occasion, look, you know, teams leave a city. It's happened, right? Happened to LA. It's happened to Vancouver. It's happened to Seattle. And Seattle's dying to get a basketball team back. It's shitty. You know what I noticed? When I was watching this fucking OKC versus the Heat finals, motherfuckers was voting for the Heat in Seattle. I was at Joey's. I was like, wait, so what's going, what the fuck's going on here? Because my father-in-law, he was a Sonics fan, dead ass, and he started following OKC. Then it just all like fell apart, you know? People in Seattle didn't fuck with OKC in general. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? Like, it's just, it's a different thing. Like, if you are a Knicks fan, if you're a Jets fan and your team is just miserable, that's too bad. That's that's what it is. Ain't really been no controversy like that, you know? But like, with like the Raiders or like the Knicks, you got an owner like James Dolan. All right, dog. yeah, dog. I understand it. I understand why people get with their fandom, you know, and jump on the Brooklyn Nets, whatever. That, that's understandable. But anyways, look, congrats to the Rams. Congrats to Matt Stafford. Definitely deserved it after all those years in Detroit. It's crazy. Made a difference. Aaron Donald, salute you, bro. You know, Jalen Ramsey, not so much. Dude definitely didn't show me shit. Um, Cooper Cup, five minutes left in the game. He had 50-something yards. Um, Finally made a clutch pass, you know, whatever, boom, and cooked Eli Apple, and Jesus Christ, the whole situation was fucking nuts. But... The game was much closer than anybody wants to actually admit, right? So give Cincy their propers. Joe Shiesty is going to be a star in this league. There's nothing you could do about it. He's already done more than anybody has in that franchise in the last 30-plus years. So salute to the, uh, the Bengals, man. What else, man? Forgot to mention. Had a PML drive, private drive. 15 cars, 15 super lit tastemaker level whips from Rolls Royce to 
two fucking uh, Lamborghinis. I brought the Senate out, Destroyer. Did this event for Bridgestone, pulled up to Auto Conduct. Obviously, this was a PML event. For those of you who are new here, PML stands for Platinum Motorsport Lifestyle. My crew, my car click. Pulled up, and fucking Roger Penske was there. Super fucking legend. Got to chop it up with him. He was checking out the Senna. We were talking. He showed me the new Porsche hypercar. That shit was motherfucking sick. So look, at this point, fuck Pirelli. Not rocking with him. Um, Bridgestone got some new heat. I might be rocking with them. We'll see. But um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I was going to actually try to do something different. But I just love saying Miles' name. So, yo, Miles, uh, let's go up to a commercial. And, uh, yeah, there you go. I don't got to say shit. See, I already got the music laid, you know. All right, let's get these commercials out of the way, and we'll be right back with more BTB. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing... Your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need all in one place. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash baller. Head to netsuite.com slash baller for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash baller. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. 
for those of you who listen to Behind the Baller podcast, and obviously follow my social media, you know how I get down with True Bill. It's a perfect app for budgeting and tracking your bills. But also, True Bill is the app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year using True Bill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, True Bill makes it incredibly simple to cut them loose. Just link your accounts and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your True Bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. As I've told you before, I love True Bill. I use it every single day. With Truebill, you can put your savings on autopilot to save money without thinking about it. Truebill learns your habits and saves the right amount at the right time while helping you avoid overdraft fees. Truebill has over 2 million users and you should be one too. Get an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill will notify you of important events that need your attention so you're never caught off guard again. Sign up at Truebill.com slash baller. Go right now to Truebill.com slash baller. It could save you thousands of dollars a year like it does for me. Go to Truebill.com slash baller. Yo, yo, guys. Let's talk about that halftime show. <laughs> that shit was fucking amazing. At first, I was kind of like, eh, when I heard about it, you know, a month ago, people were kind of hyped. I was like, man, dog, I don't know, you know, like, I, I mean, I was, I was like, all right, cool. You know, fuck, I hope nobody from EXO hears this, but like, that weekend performance last year was just, it wasn't dope. I don't know. But, you know, Dre's 55 years old. Um, his B-Day is this Friday. Along with my mom's, I've told this story several times. I will spare you guys. But I was like, I, I don't know. You know, Snoop is fucking, uh, is 50. No, I was like, I mean, you know, can they still do it? But as the day, you know, as the Super Bowl, you know, got closer, like day before Super Bowl, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Heard Dre talk and I was like, look, man, you know, I think this motherfucker might be right. And then um, I was like, this show might be lit, right? Seeing some of my homies that I know through cartoon, that I know through from cocky writers, homies who I know who own lowriders. And they're talking about pulling up SoFi. And I was like, dog, of course. We gonna make this West Coast as fuck. And um, they're a part of the show. So I thought that Ice Cube was gonna be the surprise guest. But instead it was 50. And you guys know how much I love 50 Cent. But 50 Cent was definitely the weakest part of that show. Like, dog, I thought he was, I mean, fuck. Did 50 gain like fucking 30 pounds? I thought he was going to die fucking hanging for that motherfucking thing. Anyways, Dre killed it. Snoop killed it. Mary J killed it. Kendrick did his thing. Um, Eminem fucking, oh my God, he killed it. But I was so happy to see my little partner, my boy Anderson Pack on the drums. He was so happy. Like, fuck. Now, 
I didn't even notice M, right? I didn't notice Marshall had kneeled down, you know, and, you know, showing love to, to Kaepernick, right? But it is Black History Month. But again, I wasn't paying attention to M's knees. Shit. I was checking out those fucking Eminem edition Fire Red Jordan 3s. Now, they need to drop Fire Red Jordan 3s again, but the fucking Eminem edition, I can't imagine. They're going to be fucking 50K, whatever. It's just some bullshit. Anyways, allegedly the NFL told M not to kneel. They told Dre not to say the line, still not loving police. And guess what? Neither of them listened, neither gave a fuck. So I applaud my old homies. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, you know, look, if you're a new listener on here and you haven't heard the K-Town Hustler series eps, please do because I don't want to explain my affiliation to Aftermath Entertainment anymore. You know, so many people have no idea that um, I did have a major career before I became a jeweler. But yo, that show was fucking dope as fuck. Made me proud to be from L.A., Brought back memories of the still DRE video. Won't even get into that now. Um, I wish I mentioned in K-Town Hustler Part 2. I should have. It's too late for that now. Um, but uh, they even built a Tam's Burgers on their set, right? They fucking built a... For those of you who don't know Tam's Burgers, there's a several there's several Tam's. But that Tam's they, they built is a fucking Compton legendary landmark. Right, super legendary. And Snoop just bought Death Row Records, which is a fucking major chess move. And now, Suge is in jail because he got ran up on at that Tams in Compton while they filmed straight out of Compton. So having that Tams up there, that shit was checkmate. It's crazy. Now, as for the commercials... They sucked, right? It was hype for Jurassic Park because uh, the OGs are back, including Jeff Goldblum. Ryder and London are huge, enormous Jurassic Park fans. I cannot wait to take them into the theater to watch that shit. I would love to watch it in the man cave. Something about that in 3D, uh, IMAX, we got to watch that bitch in the theater. But uh, there was a rumor floating around Twitter for like two days heavy that McDonald's was going to make a Dogecoin reference or say they were going to, you know, accept Dogecoin. And the Doge community was hyped as shit. They were going crazy. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? You're like, where are you guys getting this from? Because McDonald's is saying, we got something big coming, blah, blah, whatever. And instead, they blew their wad on a Kanye West cameo. Like, they had a chance to do something epic with Elon blew it and then the Kanye West cameo look honestly if you people see like what the re- reaction was nobody gave a fuck nobody cared All right? I love McDonald's but they are really missing their marks okay that shit was not it um what fucking awful timing too right like I'm just thinking about it like Kanye's like fucking pathetic right now it's just saying the craziest shit like just imagine having all that money in the world and still not being able to get what you want like kim and his kids back like it's crazy you know a lot of homies of mine were talking in a group chat and shit they're like yo 
they think that Ye was going super hard to try to get some shine this week or Sunday because he was jealous of Dre and Snoop doing the halftime show. And I'm like, thank God Kanye didn't do the halftime show. And this whole Billie Eilish shit with the fucking Coachella, like, dog, stop it. Just know if you put Travis Scott on stage there, he will get sued and never, ever be able to fuck it. Because, by the way, if Travis wants to perform at some small club, they can't do it because they don't have the insurance. You know what I mean? That's literally what the level is of what this is now. And I'm glad. Look, I hate Billie Eilish. But what she said was true. So I think that was funny. I don't know. But, oh, yo, by the way, so Doge did get a subliminal uh, mention from a crypto ad company. Not going to say the crypto ad company's name because I'm not about to drive traffic to that fucking piece of shit fucking whatever site. But speaking of crypto, guys, I did a dumbass thing this week. Stupid as fuck. Now, always know crypto is a very sensitive, you must pay attention at all times as if you were like a pilot on a commercial airline. Now, I sent some weath. That's W-E-T-H. That's wrapped Ethereum. I sent wrapped Ethereum to my Ethereum wallet before swapping it from one platform to another, okay? So that shit is sitting in limbo as we speak right now in a crypto wallet that the exchange owns. And I can see it thanks to Etherscan. Now, the platform that I have my crypto wallet on, one of them. They don't support Weath, Wrap Ethereum. So after talking to the customer service of that receiving platform, they were able to figure it out. They're going to send it back to the you know, return to sender. I was able to pay a small fee. And uh, that return to sender is actually me, of course. So when I get it back, I'm going to unwrap it, swap it to ETH, and then send it to my ETH wallet. Very small fee. 155 bucks, whatever. But um, for a minute, I was talking to my boy and I was like, shit. He's like, that shit might be burned. When something's burned, it's like literally, think about it, just disintegrating in, in the world and that's it. Your money's gone. Anyways, that's why you got to really pay attention to cryptocurrency and do your homework. My boy, uh, Billy Marcus, co-founder of Dogecoin, he has helped me out tremendously, right? And I think he's going to come back on the show really soon. I might even get them on this week for episode 250. But yeah, crypto has kind of stabilized this last week. So uh, I'm chilling. I got all the faith. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to the moon, bro. I don't give a fuck. Uh, speaking of going to the moon, these accusations on Tesla with their black employees. Man, fuck. It's not good. And more of this shit is coming for Elon Musk. And to be honest, look, it's not something surprising to me, right? It's not shit like, it's, it's like, oh, I don't believe it. Like, I do believe it. So it makes it tough to support Tesla. And it's not that I'm supporting Tesla. Sometimes you don't realize and it's just not that deep. And it's just, it's 2021, 2022 shit. Like, you buy a Ford. All of a sudden, Ford, like, the owner kills somebody. I don't know. Sometimes a motherfucker just wants to drive a car. You know, you ain't trying to get into the political shit. It's just fucking, it's just, it's just, that's what I hate about this shit. I try to keep shit neutral. But like, damn, you know, like, let, let's see what happens. 
but it ain't looking so good. But um, I'm actually headed to SpaceX right after I finish this recording to get my Tesla Plaid lowered. Um, I got new suspension by Unplugged Performance. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, I'll be long gone from there. But it's weird. Uh, if you don't know where SpaceX is, SpaceX is right down like five minutes away from SoFi Stadium. So it's like, I've never spent so much time in Inglewood and by the 105 freeway this week. Like, I don't know. It's my second time at SoFi Stadium. And let me tell you, Allegiant is fucking amazing, but damn, SoFi Stadium is such a beautiful arena. Like, this shit is crazy. I just can't fucking believe. Like, god damn. This is really some future shit. Like, I can't. If this is where NFL stadiums are going, it's just nuts, right? Obviously, I went to the NFL Honors, which is the Academy Awards or the Grammys for the NFL. And, uh, of course, courtesy of Captain Morgan. And I ain't gonna lie to you, shit was lit. I had a great time. I walked the red carpet, and I have never felt like such a nobody ever in my life. Like, I've never felt so irrelevant in my life. Like, these people were looking for strictly A-list celebrities or major NFL stars. You could have been a TikTok guy with, like, 50 million followers. Like, maybe Jake Paul, they would have fucked with, but if it was, like, some of these other guys, they would never know who the fuck it was, right? Not in mind. It's all good. I was there to do press for the NFL fan of the year chain, which I made and I'm very proud of. And uh, that's what I was there for. You know, I had some private time with the winner. We got to do some press, uh, you know, take pictures. And the winner of the chain is a 70-something-year-old man from Atlanta. He's an Atlanta native, uh, amazing guy. His name is Henry Ison. Super awesome guy. His wife is so kind, so just amazing. His daughter's just great. And he's had Atlanta Falcons season tickets for 51 years. Okay, that's over half a fucking century. So we chopped it up. You know, I told him, I was like, yo, Jamal Anderson is like family. That was the last time they won the Super Bowl. And uh, he's like, yo, I've been through a lot of good, a lot of bad. You know, we chopped it up, man. And dude was so excited. He hugged me at least three times, right? Like we maybe took 40 pictures amongst Captain Morgan's phone, the press phones, his wife's phone, his phone. But I was super hyped to see him accept the award. Um, Issa Rae was supposed to present it, but my dude, Cedric the Entertainer, did instead. It was so much better because that's my dog. While I was there at the awards, I got to see Josh Allen, who was fucking huge. I had no idea it was that big. Like, I know he was tall, but it was, like, different seeing him next to me. Um, got to kick it with my man, Travis Kelsey. That's my dog. And uh, it was dope, you know, chopping it up with them. Keegan was actually kicking some funny-ass jokes. He was, went ruthless. He said some funny-ass shit. In fact... During the commercial break, you guys couldn't see this. If you guys watch the NFL Honors, he said, we're about to announce the NFL Hall of Fame nominees. And they're in this area right here with the guys with the tan jackets. Now, if you are sitting next to these people, just know you're going to be on national television. And now this is a good time for you to get up and leave. If you are sitting next to somebody or you came here with somebody you shouldn't be here with. I thought that was fucking crazy because two people got up. Two people got up and left. I was like, oh shit. You know, these big award shows, they got sea fillers anyways. TJ Watt, fucking monster. 
dude is the size of LeBron. Like he's fucking huge. Um, I got to briefly meet Russell Wilson for the very first time. It was pretty dope. I told him I was a 12 and he's like, I know. So that was kind of like, you know, refreshing. It was pretty dope. Um, Ciara looked amazing. Saw a ton of NFL stars, Michael Parsons, all kinds of people. It was dope. But I kept to myself. Didn't try to meet nobody. Didn't want to like, I was like, I was good. Um, I got to thank Captain Morgan again and the NFL for having me. I cannot believe Captain Morgan spent this kind of money on this event. It was fucking wild. Like the level of shit that they're doing. Look, I go above and beyond for these dudes because they have my back, right? So the fan of the year consisted of, obviously, there's 32 NFL teams, so they pick 32 top fans, the best fans. Now, there was like 300, 350 fans from each city, each team, and then there was like a total of 32,000 fans, right? Or 35,000 fans or some shit. Anyways, again, one fan from each city and uh, each team. Captain Morgan flew every 32 of them out for this event, and those 32 people got to bring a guest. So that's 64 fucking people they flew out. Not only that, they flew them out, gave them transportation, of course, full airfare, lodging, taking care of, put them in the Marriott, and gave them per diem and fed them really well. It's crazy, right? Now, I don't know if they got, all of them got Super Bowl tickets. They got to go to parties. They got to have these events, you know, whatever. But that's a lot of people, right? Now, Henry, the winner of the fan of the year, he got two literally prime tickets to the Super Bowl. So shit, man, Captain Morgan is doing big things. By the way, Captain Morgan threw a brunch, huge party the next day at the Lion Hotel in Koreatown. And um, I did some press there as well with my dog, Victor Cruz and uh, Taylor Rooks, who um, I want to put Taylor on the show, but I'm just like, fuck, she's done a lot of podcasts before, right? Anyways, it was really amazing. It was it was amazing, you know, a few days of, of great food, great drinks, good times, um, they gave me an official NFL Letterman jacket too. But when it came to nighttime, everyone was like, yo, what are you doing tonight? Like, what's good? You going to this? You going to Revolve? You going to Drake? Are you going to fucking Bieber shit? And I was like, man, I'm avoiding all that shit. Fuck all that. I had dinner at Firefly with my wife. You know, we kept it chill, kept it real mellow, you know, did our own thing. But I heard Drake's event was cool. Uh, Bieber's event was cool right at the um, Pacific Design Center. But what's crazy is Bieber's after party was at the Nice Guy, right? And Nice Guy has been lit every day this week. And I love that place. It's one of my favorite bars in LA. And I don't even go there often, but like, I don't consider that like a club. It's like cool. But a fucking shootout happens. So it's like, I feel bad for my boy Brian, my boy John, who owned the Nice Guy, right? It's like, come on, bro, really? But yeah, Kodak Black got in a fucking fight and got shot. And it was just fucking wild. Like, what the fuck? Just, I don't understand, man. By the way, there were a lot of robberies this week that did not make the news. But we got calls at the shop to look out for watches and chains. Like, people were like, yo, if anyone tries to bring a chain to you guys, can you let me know? But the whoop, you know, if, if anyone tries to bring this Rolex, let me know. You know, I got it taken from me. And, you know, I was at fucking, you know, um, Peppermint Club. I was like, what the fuck? Peppermint Club? Motherfuckers is robbing people all over the place. I was like, no fucking thanks. I ain't going out, right? Instead, I sat down with my boy, Kevin Lee. Sat down with my boy, um, Luke, who owns a, a denim brand called Purple Brand. Super, super fly denim. 
so fucking fresh. So, you know, we got to kick it and chill. Anyways, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I had a small 14-person party, right? Food courtesy of Postmates. Drinks courtesy of Captain Morgan, of course, at my crib, right? It was mostly family. Of course, I had my boy, Jordan Winter, of the Dust Brothers, came there with his uh, wife-to-be. And we had a fucking blast, y'all, right? We had a good fucking time. We always have good time. We The problem with our shit is... If we got 14 people, we order food for 30 people. And I told my wife, why the fuck we got so much food? I was already high. I was already fucking full, high, and drunk literally 10 minutes before fucking kickoff. <laughs> now, I had a question, hypothetical for you guys out there. If I did a contest next year for the Super Bowl, right, where I let two people come to my Super Bowl party, whether it be at my house or somewhere, would you guys be interested in that? Is that something you guys would fuck with? If so, sound off in the IG post comments. Go to the behind the baller page, post in the comments if you if, if that's something you would do. Now, if I see 100 comments in there, I'm going to consider it, right? I'm really curious. Now, of course, if you lived out of state and you won, I'd fly you in, put you up in hotel, okay? But not until you cleared a major background check, motherfuckers. Like, that's just not about to have just anybody there. You know what I'm saying? Now, speaking of parties, I went to a kid's birthday party this week, and it was a Filipino party, right? Have you ever been to a Filipino kid's party? They usually start, like, at around 2 o'clock, right? The party starts at 12. No one shows up till 2 because Filipino time is the worst. No, people say black people time, color people, no. Color people time can't fuck with Filipino time. If you tell somebody that the movie starts at 2 o'clock, the motherfuckers will show up at fucking 3.30 and miss the movie, all right? But usually the party starts like 2, right? Might be at someone's house, might whatever. And then, you know, party goes on for two, three hours, like maybe like 2 to 4, 2 to 5 p.m. And then after that, guess what happens? Nobody leaves. It becomes the adult's party then. And them motherfuckers drink until 1, 2 a.m. I see motherfuckers throwing up, playing cards. You know, there's a bunch of barbecues, all kinds of shit. Lechon everywhere. There's all kinds of things. It's just crazy. Kids are up. Don't give a fuck. Playing basketball. Acting up. Motherfuckers are shooting dice. Like, motherfuckers is gambling. People are singing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Meanwhile, the parents were drinking at 2 o'clock, too. So it's just like, yo, man, Filipino parties are no joke. Like, God damn. That's why I've lost my voice. I've been hungover all weekend, right? Um, oh, yeah, random as fuck. I'm looking at my notes. Almost forgot. Time Magazine reached out to me, right? And it's so random because they reached out to me. I didn't see what it was for. They reached out to me like maybe five days ago. And of all the things... They want to do an interview up was they wanted to interview me for the new Kanye documentary, Genius, right? And I did it. I kept it very PC. I mostly talked about the jewelry, the rock chain, and Rockefeller. There was no need to shade, you know, Kanye on his, his interview, whatever. I just, that's what it was. And that's it. What else? I didn't get to watch Euphoria this weekend uh, yet. I'm not in any rush either. Whatever. Uh, this week's, oh shit, this week's Power Book 4, Force, with Tommy, 
Man, that shit was so fucking good, bro. Like, I watch these episodes where, I mean, I just wish they just let us watch all the episodes like Amazon Prime does. I, he just keeps the suspense, how motherfuckers fiending. Wish these episodes was 90 minutes long. Like, it was that good. 50 so far is definitely two for two in this new Force series. And I love how dark and how grimy this show is. Like, it's not like Ghost at all. And even like power, it's just different. It's like, it was some real, like Chicago, real street shit. It was just so like, damn, shit was dirty. Love it. And when I first heard about the show, I was like, eh, man, this is going to be the weakest one. Like he literally, every single show is popping. Except BMF has like some little holes in there. I told you about that already. But, you know, I didn't know if I was going to like this show at first, man. I fucking love this show so far. What else before we go? Um, oh yeah, you know what? Lakers playing like shit. We just catching L's left and right. But congrats to LeBron James on being the all-time NBA scoring leader, like ever. That shit is a big, 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 big accolade. That's a motherfucking. That's a top two. I don't know. I mean, it's just fucking huge. To pass up Kareem is crazy. I did the math. And I thought he was going to make the break the record next season. I can't believe he broke the all-time scoring record in the NBA. It's just nuts. But more importantly, like, like LeBron, can we make it to the playoffs, bro? Like, what's good? NBA All-Star Weekend is this weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I was going to pull up with Cuddy. But instead, I'm going to take my family and uh, our dogs, Lana, Biggie Smalls, you know, the new Burner Doodle. I'm going to take them on an RV trip somewhere. I don't know where we're going to go. Somewhere where the dogs can be, um, have fun. We're going to go somewhere chill, get away, try to get some different air. You know, me and my wife, we don't really celebrate Valentine's Day like that. So, you know, um, we just don't. Like, we really keep it gangster 365 days a year. So, like, there's no need. Like, every, like, she has her birthday. We do our anniversary shit, by the way, of course. You know, um... Next weekend is, not this weekend, but next weekend is our 10-year wedding anniversary. So, you know, we, uh, we're going to get super lit. But um, you know what? Actually, now I think about it, I'm going to surprise her with something this year. Got to get her some flowers because everything else she got. Um, <laughs> uh, Tito Bobby, if you're listening to this, please don't tell Nicolette because I might not bring flowers until later this afternoon. So do not tell or say anything my father-in-law listens to this show man so i want to make sure um because she wouldn't expect flowers from me but anyways that's about it oh yeah you know what kaya got her ears pierced and um my wife took it to the mall i could have did it myself she didn't trust me it's fucking crazy but she kaya got her ears pierced she got little diamonds she loves it it's fucking so cute so hilarious like shit like you know i'm gonna make some pink diamond earrings for us some little studs like Maybe uh, I might have a stunt stupid. Go like Asher cut. Maybe some pear shapes. I don't know. Uh, we will see. Ugh. Back to this, man. As for my IG, man, it's just weird. I really have like, I've planned my life today and going forward without it. I've just pretty much been like, look, I really can't let this affect me. If I'm going to lose shit, I'm going to lose shit. If my Instagram comes back, cool. I'm going to obviously monetize. I'm going to do my thing. And um, I'm not going to post anything cannabis-wise. It's fine. 
but I got more to lose now and I'm going to prepare for that. It's fine. I've already set up that. I'm like, all right, look, I got a cushion. I'm straight. But what really matters is that I got my Twitter, whereas all the real fun shit happens. And if you don't have a Twitter, go create a Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter, right? At Ben Baller, of course. Okay. But what's most, most important is that I have this podcast. Behind the Baller podcast is legit my strongest platform that I have. And I can't get canceled here or censored on here. So BTB Army, I appreciate you guys more than you will ever know. Please continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about this show. Please subscribe. Subscribing is very important to the growth of this show. I may possibly do a deal with someone in a major studio. I don't know. I'm in no rush, but we got some big shit popping. I'm excited for these live shows. Um, there are over 2 million podcasts in the iOS, and you chose BTB, okay? Because we keep shit gully over here. Now, by the way, back to this thing, I was thinking about these IG notes, and I'm reading this shit. The mindset of needing to have IG. Some people, so many people hit me up. Yo, what's up with your account? Did you get deleted? Are you okay? What's going on? Yeah, I'm fine, dog. What? Because you don't see like, bro, you should check up on me anyway then. And I, like, I'm not being petty. Like the people who don't reach out, some people don't know. Fuck them. Right? But this game with, with Instagram and social media is so fucked up mentally. Like that if you can't show off what you got or what you're doing, to other people, allegedly didn't happen, right? Oh, I don't have a car that you ain't never seen before. Like, you know, your dumbass might even believe that. Don't fall into that trap, please. Okay. If you're a real homie, you know what's going on because you see me in real life and we actually talk. All right. All right, man. If you haven't heard my interview from my last episode with Quandre Diggs and you're a real 12 or even just a football fan, then you're missing out on my most in-depth athlete interview, okay? And I'm going to be doing more interviews, and I'm getting better at athlete interviews. I can ask an entrepreneur anything. It's easy. And plus, I'd be having conversations with people. I'm not sitting there giving these motherfuckers Mickey Mouse-ass questions, right? But I was trending in the Seattle sports media space, okay? Some of the most respected names reached out to me in sports writers, you know, beat writers, Seattle media sport people hit me up to tell me that they thought that that was an excellent interview. And that meant a shit ton to me, guys. All right. Anyways, until Thursday, I love you guys. You are all my Valentines today. Okay. God bless. I will see you for episode 250. Yo, Lakey, take us out of here, bro. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.